Hello and welcome to Earth Calling. We're your hosts, Ed and Laszlo. Every week, we take you on a journey through the wonderful world of online content, sorting through the tweets, the memes, the Insta queens, the grams, the snaps, and the fake news traps. This is our record of humanity in the 21st century, our digital legacy left behind for future spacefaring civilizations. So sit back, relax, and buckle in. This is Earth Calling. Welcome back to another episode of Earth Calling. We hope you had a fantastic Christmas, um, COVID compliant, of course, and we trust that you are tucking into the leftovers of a overly large, overly ambitious ham and or turkey. And or chicken and or meat substitute. Haddock, if you are a pescatarian and or nut roast. If you're yes, right. a delicious <laughs> nut Although roast. Personally, being a nut roast eater, I can tell <laughs> you, I can tell you that it's not the best leftover food. It's just, let's just say it's dry. Yeah, well, it's already dry. It's so already exactly. imagine what it's like when it's just sitting at the back of the fridge. You know, I just tend to pour a bottle of chili sauce on top of it. Oh, I know, disgusting. grim, grim times for vegetarians. Chestnuts. Yeah, what's in a nut they roast? Feature. They feature. They all feature all sorts. Chestnuts. Hazelnuts, just get all the nuts and roast them. That's mm. what I say. Mash them together, make a nut roast. Boil them, mash them, put them in a stew. Sweeney Rings. Todd. No, Lord of the Rings. I'm not far off with Sweeney Todd. Or Sweeney Todd and Lord of the Rings. Boil and mash and put in a stew. Sounds pretty Sweeney Todd like. Uh, a pie. That's actually quite different. Okay, I anyway. feel you, Joanna. Extremely niche. Helen Bonham Carter. <laughs> In absence of knowing any lyrics to Sweeney Todd, I thought I just... Did you say Helen, by the way? Isn't it Helena? Oh, I even got the name wrong. See, I was about to say, in, in the absence of, of any genuine lyrics to Sweeney Todd songs, I thought I'd shout out to one of the heroes of the film. She's a great actor, though. Fantastic. Fantastic Bellatrix actor. the Strange, is that the, is that the pinnacle? Or... Not sure. I think you'd have to know more about her acting career to she, say that but I think that's a, an incredible character she's in The Crown actually isn't she yeah, have you seen The Crown who does she play Princess Margaret oh terrific yeah I'm actually doing my sort of queen voice but uh, well I'm, so was I well I suppose they are related after all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pass the fucking sausages Alfred yeah. you yeah. bore I don't know if there's any Alfred, Alfred in the family. I was also just thinking Alfred. Come on, there's, there's bound to be an Alfred. Whether whether he's in the direct, in the kind of close... In the close circle, family. or whether close he's circle. one of the, the orbits of satellite royals. <laughs> exactly. The, calling. the Kyrgyzstan of royals, let's just yes. say. And then, of That's course, a there is... to the satellite states in the Soviet Union, of course. Niche. There then is, of course, Prince Andrew. Let's not look. The, we... the, the, the black sheep... Of the royal family. Goodness me. Um, the pizza-loving prince. <laughs> pizza Express. Are you, are you familiar with the internet? No. no. He said that he couldn't have been with a very young girl because he was at the Pizza Express in Woking that evening um, for a birthday party. <laughs> of and course. So, so of therefore course. he couldn't be in a London club at three in the morning. Of course. Prince I mean, Andrew, hope you had your... Hope you hope you ordered the Doppior Dobles. <laughs> It's a niche Pizza Express reference, but they got great doubles. Doppio being, you know, 
I the think. double portion with lots of different sources. Never mind, but thank more, you to Pizza Express for sponsoring this episode of Earth Calling. I thought more likely to go for the Primavera or perhaps even the American Hot. It's very good. It's very good. We are not, to clarify, insinuating anything about where Prince Andrew was on the night of... Not at all. 21st of March. We just hope he won the most improved left-back award at the Woking Eagles football ceremony that night. I'm not quite sure how we got from Christmas to Prince Andrew, but to return to our topic of choice this week, Snapchat. Snapchat. I haven't used it in a while, but of course, Laszlo, you've done a bit of digging for us. What have you found about how this app came to be? Yes, well, I also haven't used it in a while. I think it was probably my early university days when I sent my last Snapchat. Is that what you do? Send a Snapchat? Is that how they say it? Do you send a snap, I think? You send a snap, okay. And the Snapchat is the product of your correspondence. So I did look into the the origins because I thought it was quite interesting to, to see how it came about. And it's basically three Stamford graduates. Mm, Stanford, California, famously the home of many great tech startups. Of course. Where else but Stanford, am I right? So I think actually I should probably say that this is the first time I've ever felt convinced by your American accent. Because I I don't even know what it means to be... Just go and code up an app in the day and then I'm going to hit the Mavericks, uh, take a few waves in the afternoon if that's okay with you, dude. I mean... For people listening to this, you can't see my facial expression, but I'm so I'm so delighted, actively delighted at what I'm hearing that I'm kind of I'm looking away, trying not to interrupt Ed with my laughter, but just got this crazy manic grin because I'm sure I've heard that accent in many a many a film, probably quite a lot of these horror films where the character that you're portraying is obviously the first one to die in a brutal house, you know, kidnapping or something. Exactly, it's a uh, Saw Seven. Because that reminds me of that classic character from a horror film who inevitably gets killed first. They kind of, hey man, oh my god, just got back from the waves. They are ripping it today, man. Like, gnarly fucking waves, dude. And then, like, entering in the house and then suddenly behind the door there's this clown who's got a massive freaking chainsaw. And he's just, he's hacking away at my neck. And my character is just so, like, chilled that he doesn't even care. He's like, whoa, dude. That's pretty gnarly. But I don't think Evan Spiegel, uh, spoiler alert, founder of Snapchat, was a surfer. Um, no. In you, fact- take, you take one look at him. He's, he hasn't hit a wave in his life. Come on, let's be honest. Nor, nor, nor have I. Um, no. It's, to be, to be fair. Yeah, he, he's, he, he's mainly surfed on obscure internet forums. <laughs> fora. Yeah. yeah, for the classicists amongst us, fora. But you're, you're quite right. Evan Spiegel is the founder of Snapchat. He founded it with Reggie Brown and Bobby Murphy. And it's quite... Funny enough, it was not Evan Spiegel, the... Is it? Spiegel. Uh, Siegel. Is it? It's like yeah. uh, the, German, the German daily newspaper, Der Spiegel. Ah, yeah, Der Spiegel, yeah. It's a very good German newspaper. It's quite ironic in its commentary. It's a bit like The Sun in the UK. It's a tabloid. Mm. They make some very funny puns about Brexit. Do they? Der Spiegel does some very good puns about Brexit. And as we know, a German joke is no laughing matter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ed, look, as you know, I live in Germany. I, I live in Berlin. And 
I, I, I have to take offense at your German accent these days because I feel I, I have an affinity to the culture now. And so if you do us a German accent, I would request you to do it correctly. Okay? You sounded like a baddie from a World War II film there. I Why do, did you get so I, aggressive? I do. That's very dated. In you retrospect. suddenly jumped into a kind of, you know... In re- I, look, I regret my actions. I believe I overdid the German accent and I could have been... Total side note, but did you hear Tom Cruise's rant on the set of Mission Impossible 7? I did. I did, and it was great. I thought... <laughs> it was Get very... at him. Exactly. I Context thought... for our listeners. So, I just wanted to quickly talk about this, because it's very hilarious how Tom Cruise is very disappointed that some of the crew, the, let's say, the assistant directors, or the people, you know, running around giving people tea on set, they're not wearing their masks... And he erupts in this three-minute-long monologue where he's just... You and picture him being on set and he's just interrupted by the sight of someone walking across set without a mask on. And he just he flips. He goes, You guys, there are people back home who have not got food to eat. They don't have thingies to do. Whatever Tom Cruise would say in this situation. I've done a very bad Tom, Tom Cruise impression, but you know, needless to say, he was angry. He was angry and it gave very compelling, by the way. I was on Tom Cruise's side because I was thinking, these bloody idiots, you know, they've, they're in Europe filming, um, filming something which has taken a huge amount of admin and preparation to set up because these days are not easy to, to work and film. Probably, so, probably a couple of WhatsApp chats organising it all. Yeah, of course, of course. A couple of WhatsApp chats, you got people sending long voice notes about the regulations you need to abide by. Multiple admins. Multiple admins. And, of course, if you're not obeying these you know, these simple rules, then you should be told off. So I was, you know, I, I, I backed Tom Cruise in that case. He's a short man, Tom Cruise, and I'd imagine him being quite angry, quite sort of, quite scary, actually. And, of course, he is a Scientologist. He is a Scientologist, yes. Him and Katie Holmes. And therefore, there's that additional dynamic where you just don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that we've glossed over the fact that they're recording Mission Impossible 7. <laughs> how many of those can he do? What? How many? I mean... At a certain point, you you just want the Mission Impossible film to be actually unachievable. Well, exactly, because at certain yeah, at certain time you think, hmm, Anthony Hopkins. I mean, when's it going to be the case where he goes in and Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins is there and he says, you know what, Tom? Uh, sorry, Ethan, 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 Hunt, Ethan. I know that you've achieved the past six impossible missions. Um, so. I'm actually a little bit taken aback, um, and I know that you do work for the IMF, which is, of course, the Impossible Mission Force. Uh, true story. <laughs> but this one, Seven, really actually isn't possible. So if you manage to do this, um, I might actually just shoot you when you get back, because I'll be a bit yeah. annoyed. And you're 50. And then, of course, t- t- Ethan asks him, well, well, I'm intrigued to know what the mission is, sir. And he says... The mission is is solving a Rubik's cube under three seconds, at uh, which point, of course, Ethan says, "Oh well, you're right. That 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 is impossible." End of the film. Done. Done. He puts the he puts the Rub- he just slides the Rubik's cube back over the table to Anthony Hopkins and says, "This time, let the mission be impossible." Mm. The poster. It's a short film. The poster. <laughs> yeah, but the poster you can imagine is Tom Cruise's face in, in large. You know, beautiful kind of shadow on the on the back wall, and then this just enormous Rubik's cube in front of him. 
him running up it looking probably. confused <laughs> oh yeah or absolutely down it <laughs> yeah snapchat <laughs> snapchat Snapchat. Founded, founded by Evan Spiegel. Founded by Evan Spiegel. Named after the German newspaper. <laughs> he was, he was. Parents changed both names. But it was actually, the idea was conceived by Reggie Brown, who was also a student at Stanford University. And he came with, he came with the idea to Spiegel. And basically, they both had this idea for a social media platform that would solve a great unanswered problem of the day. And that problem was that people got into all sorts of trouble sending images or sending emails or sending content which immediately they regretted or Mm. had mistakenly sent Mm -hmm. so they thought matt we need to address this we need to have a platform which feels like you're sending things without consequence right Mm -hmm. you're sending an image to someone and uh it's deleted 10 seconds after you sent it it's ephemeral it's there, it's here today, gone tomorrow. And that, that is the genius of it. I think you, you basically place a premium on the content because things that are scarce or are not going to exist permanently are inherently more valuable. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at something and you know it's going to disappear within X number of seconds, you pay more attention to it. Like life. Because exactly. we, we all will die and we have to therefore really treasure the time we have on this on this earth. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> Initially, by the way, they called it Peekaboo, which I read and instantly thought, no. Mm. You know, Peekaboo is, to me, a bit creepy. Yeah. Peekaboo is a bit like, you know, that character in Pirates of the Caribbean, Ello Poppet. That really? Ca- that's that the kind of vibe. That kind really? of, you know, that kind of surprise, here I am feeling and not necessarily wanting someone to find you. Yeah. Do you know? You know? For, for, for me, it's, it's sort of Casper the Friendly Ghost. A bit a bit like why the... It's always confused me, and now I know why, I suppose, why the Snapchat logo is a ghost. And that's prob- probably why. Wow. No? Wow, of course it is. that's why, right? That so makes total now. sense. Peekaboo! And, and basically, uh, what they did, those two, Evan Spiegel and Reggie Brown, is I think what every successful startup founder does, which is they have a concept or idea, and then they approach a third person, who's the person who can actually bloody make it, who in this case was called Bobby Murphy. And Screwed it, over, surely. Undoubtedly. Surely. Yeah, und- yeah. Oh, he's, no. He stinks of Winklevoss, basically. It's Winklevoss, or, or no, the other chap, Eduardo sorry. Saverin. Yes, that's it, Eduardo Saverin, yeah. yeah. But poor Bobby Murphy, of course. Well, I'm saying poor. He's probably done very well out of this. But Bobby Murphy was the only one who could actually put the code together. So they went to him and said, Bobby, um, we got this great idea. Uh, so you know when you send images? We want them to disappear after like 10 seconds. And Bobby was like thinking, right, firstly, you know, you've got to <laughs> write a proper development ticket for this. And then, <laughs> sorry. To be honest, at that point, Bobby was probably thinking, Okay, that's quite basic. Um, <laughs> also quite creepy, an idea. What, yeah. send a picture for 10 seconds, right? Speaking, though, of Eduardo Savrin and the Winklevi and the Facebook story, um, I'm not sure how many people will know that actually Facebook did try to acquire Snapchat in the very early days. So I think Snapchat was, what, founded in probably like 2011, maybe? Yeah. 2010, yeah. Bang on. And... It was growing rapidly, and in 2013, they had a load of users, but, you know, it was definitely unprofitable and very much an unknown entity, and nobody really, you know, knew where it was going to end up. And Zuckerberg actually got in touch with Evan Spiegel and said, 
look, Evan, I want to buy your name. <laughs> I said, look, Evan. Uh, sorry, by Zuckerberg, he means Donald Duck. Yeah, Donald. <laughs> look, Evan Spiegel, I'd like to buy your amazing social media app. And of course, I said Donald Duck, not knowing that Ed actually can do Donald Duck. So, And he said, Evan, I would like to buy your social media app. At which point Evan goes, no, dude, everybody told me just stick with the surf, don't sell. And then Mark said, well, actually, no, Evan, I, I'd like to actually give you $3 billion um, for this app. Which, you know, is, is a... I is mean, a, is a, is I, a, wouldn't, a, I wouldn't say no. This, I'd precisely say yes. At this point, we've got to put ourselves in Evan's, Evan Spiegel's shoes. Of course. Spiegel's shoes. And he looks at Mark in the eye and he goes, you know what, Mark? Show me the money. And Mark then doesn't show him any more money. He showed him three billion. Precisely three billion. Yeah, it pro- not not actually in a not in a sort <laughs> well, of suitcase. In, in, in a, not, yeah. a room full of suitcases. Yeah. <laughs> um and and Evan said no. And I at the time thought, You're crazy, mate. Um imagine what you could do with three billion dollars. And actually What could you do, Ed? Well, I, I don't actually know. It's difficult <laughs> it's, to think, isn't it? Exactly <laughs> what? <laughs> probably, probably have to write a to-do list first. Solve world hunger. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Defeat polio like, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates did. Yeah. You buy a lot of nice houses and of then solve yes. world hunger. Of course. So tell me about this. So he rejected the three billion acquisition offer. Rejected the three billion. Um, and Mark said, you know what? Actually, I can't go any higher. Uh, and they and they parted ways and um, Snapchat or in fact Snap Inc as it's now known a bit more grown up is I think worth about seventy five billion so so Evan made the right move uh, and oh. that that you know fair play to him and and poor old Bobby Murphy I think has been kicked out onto the onto the road hasn't he I mean I can't imagine I, Bobby... say, I say I say poor old Bobby Murphy well both of those adjectives yeah. are incorrect he's yes. probably rich young yeah Bobby Murphy yeah. Yeah, is, and he's fine. He's fine. And of course, the great thing is that now Evan Spiegel and Reggie Brown have got $75 billion to deal with a whole host of global diseases which haven't been cured yet. Okay, but segueing into the content itself, Snapchat, of course, pioneered the disappearing message. Laszlo, you mentioned that you have used it in the past. What were you using it for? Talk us through your early Snapchat days. Yeah, so... It's funny that they really are a bit blurry, my Snapchat days, but I just remember that. Bad camera. <laughs> Indeed, bad camera. Um, and I just remember being very conscious of the fact that I needed to uphold a streak <laughs> with whoever, whichever friend I happened to be messaging that week. Yes, a snap streak. I a forgot about streak. that. That was yeah. clever. Yeah. And I remember you got different emojis next to your friend's name the longer your snap streak went on. Really? So it started so- with a fire. Explain a snap streak. So what is that? Very simply, Snapchat incentivizes you to continue sending a daily Snapchat to your friend or receiving a Snapchat by giving you different badges or different emojis the longer you do it. Mm-hmm. So it may start off as the fire emoji in the first 10 consecutive days that you've Snapchatted each other. But then suddenly on day 10, you get this very nice different emoji and you feel like you don't want to wreck the streak because the other friends with whom you only have, let's say, intermittent Snapchatting interactions with, they have no emojis next to their name and you feel you know those aren't very stable snapchat relationships but you really want to continue those those important snap streaks 
I would say, yeah, and that's how I used it in the sense that originally it was just for sending silly photos around. And I think it, it massively lowered the barriers for what was considered to be a shareable piece of content. Because back in the day, it's weird because we've almost done a loop, but back in the day you could send something to somebody, but you'd think about it, you'd be like, I'm sending a photo to Laszlo, you know, it's got to tick certain boxes. But Snapchat pioneered this idea that you could send something that was off the cuff, that was silly, that was a silly face. You know, you didn't have to worry about yeah. whether you looked cool or, you know, whether you're wearing makeup. Um, you could just send it off in the knowledge that it would be deleted once the person had viewed it for a few seconds. And so I think it broke down a barrier and gave social media a sense of authenticity. Definitely. Of course, the great irony now is that we've actually reached a stage where we've come full circle and now Snapchat is perhaps one of the least authentic social media platforms out there precisely because they've added these filters. Yes, and, and precisely because, as you said, previously we spent a lot of time curating our Facebook feeds or our whatever Instagram feeds and Snapchat was this kind of, you know, off-the-cuff platform. But now the issue is that we are curating more than ever our spontaneous content and that's a really interesting paradox mm. because you've got these filters and you can now just post a selfie of you and just be like oh i'm just sitting at home a bit bored and this filter makes you look like a dove exactly it makes you look <laughs> a, dove. A, dove. <laughs> a dove is a bit of a weird choice i, I was thinking of going for bunny but that's too easy <laughs> that's just a pigeon isn't it that's the the, the theme, the theme tune make? the theme tune to the uk yeah, but that's a that's a pigeon. Yeah, I mean dove, pigeon. A dove, a dove, a dove they've coos. Got, they, they've dove. got the same language. It's like Sweden nice. and Norway. They can understand each other. Is that right? Okay, fine. Yeah, Scandinavian languages. I'll let you get away Being with it. But I think you're right in in the sense that Snapchat has changed massively um, from a quite authentic platform to a relatively inauthentic one in terms of the portrait that we want to present of ourselves. And did no, you encounter this? Well, I, I actually, I, I would say that I fell off Snapchat um, when, I actually don't know when. It's weird, isn't it? I can't pinpoint yeah. a moment where I just stopped using it, but I haven't used it for probably five years. Um, and I think maybe it had something to do with Facebook deciding to rip off every single feature. Please don't sue us. Um, <laughs> and thank you for sponsoring us. Thank you for sponsoring us. Facebook, you know, decided to copy every feature when Evan uh, decided to turn down the three bill. And that meant I moved don't to think Instagram. That's a, I don't think that's a coincidence. No. I, I think in, in the very, in the, in the 15 minutes after that meeting with Mark Zuckerberg making his way to the lift, down to the bottom of the building and into the taxi, he'd probably already conceived of the very many ways he would rip off Snapchat for yeah. all its features. We'll do that and we'll just add it. And that's exactly what they've done. So they bought Instagram, they've then mimicked exactly what Snapchat does, they've now mimicked exactly what TikTok does, and it's genius. I mean, you can't blame them. It's, it's um, arguably anti-competitive, but without straying too much into the realms of the politicization of social media. Um, but I think, yeah, the way that it's used has changed. And have I ever used Snapchat to make myself look like a puppy eating an omelette? Or a dove. Or a dove. <laughs> Um, no, but have I seen videos of teenage girls making themselves look like hamsters trying to eat donuts and their cheeks getting slightly wider each time they mm, eat a donut? That's the classic. Yeah, it's a good one, right? Yes. And it is kind of funny. But Facebook has aped most of uh, Snapchat's features and that's why I no longer use it. Um, 
Although that said, lots of people still clearly do use Snapchat. And in fact, apparently um, a lot of teenagers chat via Snapchat. Yes. Which is odd to me because I would always be like, okay, well, I've got my messaging app, which is WhatsApp. And then I've got my photo sharing app, which is Instagram. And I'm going to keep those separate if that's all right. Thank you very much. (laughs) Whereas, you know, for the teenagers, for the Gen Z, the Zoomers... They're, they're like, okay, well, you know, I'll send a little rabbit facelift, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. video, and then yeah. I'm going to, like, bung in a bit of a voice note, Chuck and then it. I might just send you a little message as well. Chuck it in, and, and while we're at it, it's, it's been a while since I posted a TikTok. Exactly. So, you know, my audience is waiting for one of those. That's, I, I'm even, I'm just... I feel I'm so depressed to know what that song that you were singing is, and it's the background music to a popular TikTok dance. That's 2020 in a nutshell. Yeah. I think Jason Derulo is going to be on to us for copyright, given how, yeah. how um, and true that was to the original. <laughs> in terms of the specific features, though, of Snapchat, so I, as as any good podcast host would, I did a little bit of prep by checking into Snapchat earlier today and I noticed this new it's probably not new that's probably if it really <laughs> betrays my um, yeah released released three years released ago three years ago this new feature called snap maps uh, which really rolls off the tongue and for those who aren't familiar it essentially shows you a map of the area around you and provides hotspots of places where people are uploading fresh content um, public publicly and so i'm looking at it now i'm in london and oxford circus is is a a very hot spot as you'd probably expect um corona or otherwise uh (laughs) similarly voxel weirdly is is quite busy and what's strange about this is that if you click on one of the hot spots you basically see what people are sharing so if i um click on voxel for example it then loads up and it is a man in a lift and he Are you is, doing this live? This is live. I'm, I'm looking at him. He's zooming in on his shoes. He's looking in the mirror and he's wearing a cool hat and a hoodie. Hat-hoodie combo. I don't know why he's wearing a hat and a hoodie in a lift. And I also don't know why he's showing this with the world. But So he's doing that. But then immediately it goes through to the next um, video, which is of, of, <laughs> of him in his boxer shorts. In his flat, presumably having got out of the lift. Just his boxer shorts. And he's zooming in. But it's quite clever because he's not... Yeah, just his boxer shorts. Sorry, just to confirm. And I don't really know why he's posting that for the world to see. Um, Has he... He's got an attractive body. Yeah, good body. Good bod. Cool. I mean, not got a chiseled abs, but he's, he's, he's a big guy. And he probably lives in a very nice flat. But the incentive for posting the oh and there's a man on the floor shouting so is <laughs> Wait, it the same as, as we don't know it could be a different person it is ah, a different person different okay. story but it's quite confusing then that you've got this stream of yeah random people's videos just kind of tagged along to each other right it, it, it's extremely confusing and i don't get why people want to upload random content for literally anyone in the world to see from these areas like yeah, what is the, the inc- impulse what's the incentive i don't know do you i didn't see any way to like it i now go over to oxford circus great it's somebody walking down oxford circus looks lovely they're driving down it 
Cool. Well, this this is interesting because this ties into the whole phenomenon of oversharing, doesn't it? Exactly. And and how access to all of these social media platforms has has made, in some ways, the modern human a massive oversharer. You Mm. you feel like you have to show people every aspect of your life. And just like this person is walking down off a circus showing what is basically a pretty standard, because Ed is showing me on the camera currently (laughs) a bus pulling up to a traffic light. I'm thinking thinking that's maybe a classic example of something I don't really need to see. It's, it, so, so Snap Maps is um, is something I don't fully understand. So, if you do understand Snap Maps, please do yeah. send us a voice note or um, you know get in touch on Instagram to, to explain to me what this is meant to be because it's or uh, indeed or indeed some of the strangest and funniest Snap Map videos you've seen. You've in, exactly, yeah. and we'll cover them. So I'm just yeah. curious because Snapchat is, I believe now, mainly used by a younger generation, right? I think so. So it's, yeah. it's very popular with teens. With um, teens. But do you think that it's the case that actually Instagram doesn't need to be worried because people migrate or they sort of, they grow up into Instagram? Like, is Instagram yeah. just permanently the world of the 25 plus? Well, that's or... the thing. I mean, the, these these social networks are changing so rapidly and also new ones evolve every day Mm. so i think just as tiktok now is becoming one of the most important platforms for young people i think uh that you know they go in waves i think there's going to be something to replace tiktok and something to replace instagram the funny thing about instagram by the way is that now like i was saying it's the more serious platform having spent time on tiktok for both research purposes and embarrassing <laughs> boredom purposes. TikTok, every TikToker in their description always has a follow me on Instagram description. Oh, okay. so, so they're driving people to the more serious platform in yeah. order to get real, I think, monetizable value. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. the difference. I think people actually use Instagram to have sponsored videos and sponsored posts, which actually make the money. So you might say that you actually foresee a future where this town is in fact big enough for the two of us, or the three of us. I would say this town is is in fact a bit fed up with the multitude of different social media angles appearing in the saloon on a Wednesday night. (laughs) Get out the goddamn saloon bar, TikTok. You ain't barely old enough to drink a whiskey. Snapchat maps? What's all that about? <laughs> Get out of here. Look, Facebook, I'll set you up in the corner with a nice old book. and a... the, the usual, is it, Facebook? <laughs> the usual. Just pop you next to the fire in your usual spot. You can take a book off the shelf and you can read that. Look, take And that. how are your grandchildren, Facebook? <laughs> Speaking of filters, though, what would your ideal filter be, do you think? Good question. I think... You know, maybe I, I might go for something quite vintage, like the Joker, like uh, portrayed by Heath Ledger. I might is that add. A, is that a is that one of the filters? You can do that. Yeah, probably. No yeah. idea. You can probably do anything. Probably. I'm just saying that if if there were a Joker filter, that would be mine. Let's put a smile on that face. Is that no? no it's too much. Terrible. Too much. Terrible. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Let's put a smile. <laughs> even, <laughs> even worse. I know. I'm trying even to get worse. to it. I'm trying to get to it. Let's put a smile on that face. Wanna see a pencil disappear? <laughs> <laughs> the great thing with all those villains is that, well, and Batman, in fact, is you never understand what they're saying. Wilfred! <laughs> um, I'm sorry. sorry. Didn't, c- didn't catch that. Could you it break was... it down for me? <laughs> 
And all of them, though, you know, you've got Heath Ledger as the Joker, as, as actually Christopher Nolan, to be fair. But then you've got um, Bane, who they actually had to re-record the entire Bane audio vocals for The Dark Knight Rises because he was so inaudible. So there's that brilliant bit where it's like, at the beginning on the plane, I don't know if you, uh, this is going down a rabbit hole, but at the beginning of The Dark Knight Rises, there's a great scene, which was filmed in reality, by the way. Christopher Nolan, great fan of authentic stunts. And they're on a plane, and Bane has been captured. He's wearing a hood. And the guy um, removes the hood and realises that it's Bane and says, you know... Um, Hello, Bane. <laughs> Hi, Bane. Nice um, to meet you. Didn't expect you to be on here, actually. I thought it would be some of your minions, but I'm a little bit nervous. And he goes... What would happen if I took off your mask? And Bane goes, It would be extremely painful. For you. <laughs> but it's weird because Bane sounds like this sort of upper class English gentleman. I was about to say, you sounded like Prince Charles with a gas mask on. <laughs> this, would, this would be extremely painful, but for you. <laughs> Diana? Uh, uh, oh, oh. Camilla? Yeah, too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's odd. Uh, and he he, there's a great scene where someone says, "Who are you?" He goes, "I'm Gotham Reckoning." It's like that's a bit sort of playful, Bane. It's a bit playful, but of course he's built like a brick shit house. Play, it's playful because of the way you're you're intonating. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, how he intonates oh, it. It's Gotham. It's Gotham's Reckoning. Listen, well, watch it back, and he does that. Okay, does, okay. I promise you, he does that. Is it? Is it? What's his face? Who does Bane? Tom Hardy. Yeah, it's Tom Hardy. It is, yeah. Who in all of the Christopher Nolan films is A, an absolute boss, and B, always wearing a mask. Have you noticed that? His face is always covered. I didn't Inception, know Inception, um, Dunkirk. Interesting. Um, yeah, so there's a there's a strange Christopher Nolan obsession with covering up Tom Hardy's very... Attractive you know, face. ...lookable face. Yeah. Although I've read that he has a strange tooth. Have you noticed this? Not heard about his strange tooth. He's apparently got a, a slightly odd front tooth. Um, I'll leave that to you guys to look up. But there is a thing about, you know, villains and the heroes where you just quite can't quite understand what they're saying. Precisely. And and this is why I want to have the Joker mask on Snapchat because it'll really just it'll add that edge to my or my character. I can I can see that. Yeah. I think I'd just go for the bunny ears to be honest, keep really? it simple. Yeah. Yeah. Hey everybody, it's Ed. He's but I'm bored at home. Yeah. How's everyone spending their Friday nights in lockdown? <laughs> <laughs> hashtag lockdown lunch. So I actually don't think Snapchat's a platform for hashtags. I think you got that all wrong. Oh, so, you're so right. Our younger viewers will be able to tell us, and I'm afraid that means that we'll never find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that for this week. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please do follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a rating or a download. And as always, head over to our Instagram page at earth underscore calling underscore pod. Do join us next week as our social media spaceship cruises on to the Twitter sphere, where you heard it first. Unless, of course, you heard it somewhere else. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Earth out. Mm-hmm.